On this next episode of the Tales of the Golden Tornadoes podcast, I have a volleyball doubleheader for everybody. I have the coach of this great Molden volleyball team, Dan Drakowski. Dan has been coaching Molden volleyball since 2015, and his growth as a coach has helped propel Molden's volleyball program to be the school's best. I'm here with Dan Drakowski, the coach of the Malden boys volleyball team. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. So the first question I have for you, what was your favorite moment of this past season? There were a lot um, this season, to be honest. They were a great group of kids. So we had a lot of good moments, a lot of wins, which is also fun. My favorite moment probably would be, uh, favorite moment would probably be our home states game. It's, it's like the easy answer, but it's also the truest answer. Um, we had a home states game and just winning a home states game in front of your fans and your home crowd. We beat uh, St. John Shrewsbury. They were a tough opponent. They played good volleyball, but we actually lost the first set that match. I think we came out a little bit nervous. So we were the higher seed. So there's a lot of pressure on us to do well and play well. So we came out a little bit flat. We lost the first set. And then towards the end of the first set, we kind of got our, our mojo back a little bit. And then we won three sets in a row and that was that was really fun and I said if there was a a runner-up our only loss in the regular season was to O'Brien at O'Brien and they're a very good program very good volleyball program and we lost a tough one at O'Brien three to two they have a great home crowd as well so we kind of had their the rematch game marked on our calendars for a long time and then they came back and played at Malden and we won that game three to one so it was it was a good bounce back win for us and that crowd actually that we had for that game was just unbelievable the gym was packed and the students really came out to support the boys and that was a lot of fun too so those are the two best games of the year so two most fun as well yeah, I'm going to circle back to the O'Brien game because I talked to Kingston about okay. that a lot. That's my yeah. favorite to talk yeah. about. Yeah, but uh, what do you do to manage the pressure as a coach? What do you tell your players? As a coach, my philosophy is basically try to keep it as light as possible. Even though I know some games are more important than others and some games are bigger than others, I try to have the same attitude each game, each day in practice. You don't want to kind of have an attitude where this is, you know, all or nothing. I think that can put a lot of pressure on kids. So at the end of the day, we're playing high school sports and high school volleyball. And if we win, great. If we lose, we'll be okay. So I try to keep it as light as possible and make sure that they have the bigger picture in mind. Um, and there's going to be bumps around along the way. But as long as we play our best and we're doing okay and the kids are having fun, then I'm okay. And I think that has translated well to um, both the girls and the boys programs. We don't put too much stress on ourselves. We go out there, we play, we know we can play, we know we can compete with the best teams. And then we just play volleyball and see what happens. Yeah, I was actually going to come to this later, but I, when I did speak to Joe Levine, the main thing he emphasized was making sure the sport was fun for kids, making sure they want to come back, keep playing, and it's not a job to them. How important is that to you? It's huge. Again, I try to always look at the bigger picture. And we don't have, maybe someday we'll get to this point, but we don't have multiple athletes in our volleyball room that are getting Division One scholarships. So ultimately, these kids are in school for high school. They're going to go to college for school. We've had kids play Division Three volleyball, which is awesome. I always encourage kids if the opportunity is available. And once you pick your school for academics, if you can play volleyball, great, continue. But our focus is just to have an environment and a culture where kids feel welcome and they invite their friends to come play and they are here to ha have fun, especially the last couple of years with everything that's been going on outside of school. It's been very important for these kids to kind of have a safe space where they can come after school for two, three, four hours and just play with their friends and have fun. And then as our numbers have grown the last few years, 
you know, when your senior year, I think we finished the year. We did have a JV program at that point, but now we have a full varsity team, a full JV team. This year we had enough freshmen to have a freshman team, which is awesome. So more and more kids are telling their friends about it. The, the, they're recruiting on their own, and I think kids are just happy to have an environment again where they can come and just play and have fun and, uh, and feel safe. What has that meant to you to essentially build the program from the ground up? Because I've seen it basically pretty low and I know it was lower before I got there so what does it mean to you to see the numbers that it's at now I do I'd be lying if I didn't say I had a sense of pride in that if you look at our numbers for the girls program like we had last year we had 70 girls try out this year I think well we won't hit that number again it'll be a little bit lower but we're right right there the same same ballpark number and the boys program keeps growing and growing and I do as much as I have pride in that I do give a lot of credit to the kids they're the ones who are recruiting their friends to come play and they're showing up every single day and I as a coach I try to be as hands-off as I can um, I rely on my seniors and captains as much as I can and so they basically run practice and they get my captains get decisions they have they have full say in all decisions that we make about our program so I give a lot of ownership to the kids of our program which I think also is a good thing for the kids and encourages them to come and play and they're earning they're working for something it's not just whatever I say goes they have a lot of input on how we run our program and I'm totally okay with that sorry head kings on the show I talked about all his accolades you know as much as you might not want to hear it <laughs> but what did he and Yoji mean as captains this year I'm, I'll give you the cliche answer where I don't know I'm out of, I don't have the words to uh to describe what it they have meant to the program, but they've been they've been unbelievable, more than I could ask for. Both of them had older brothers play, as you know, so they came in as ninth graders just because their older brothers played volleyball and they enjoyed volleyball. So that's also part of how we recruit kids is you have older siblings, which is awesome. And they started as young ninth graders, and they, unfortunately, after that, they didn't have a sophomore season. And then their junior season was basically like half a season with the restrictions that we had because of COVID and stuff. So, But for them to keep at it through those tough times and through those tough years and build the boys' program up like the way they did, they were at the infamous Miller Park now. It's It's been publicized <laughs> how often they played at Miller Park but they were the kids who were there every single day um, along with Kenny and David they graduated last year um, they were a huge influence too on in how our program kind of took off a little bit but they're just super reliable they I don't have to if I'm have a meeting or school meeting or something and I'm going to be 10 15 minutes late to practice I don't have to worry about coming into the gym 15 minutes in, and then this kid's just fooling around doing whatever they took the initiative they got practice started they they handled all that stuff. I'm going to give you a lot of sports cliches today, <laughs> but they were, uh, they're basically coaches on the court, which is awesome. So, and great attitude, just fun. You want to be around them. So it's going to be next year when the season starts, it's going to be very strange not having those two there. Plus they're both really good at volleyball. They are really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How hard do you see them work to get better at it? They put in the time. Kingston, through his club team, played volleyball basically year-round. Yoji, it's a little tougher because he played soccer, too, so he wasn't able to play volleyball all the time. But as soon as soccer ended, he'd be in the gym playing. And it's and in the summer, they basically played, I don't want to say every day, but most days they would be out there playing volleyball from sun up to sundown. And it was just, it was kind of, it was inspiring just to watch them play and just, again, just have fun. They'd be out there with their friends, boys, girls, it didn't matter. They'd invite kids from other cities to come play. And then just because they love playing the game. So it was working hard, but it's almost like if you enjoy something so much, you don't even feel like that you're putting that kind of work in. You're just out there doing what you love doing. And it ends up being hard work and it pays off you kind of already touched on it with Miller Park and all the summer games they play together but the camaraderie between the team 
and the members on it are is really great. I can see it just through Instagram posts, and I can only imagine how good it is on the actual court. What do you mainly attribute that to? I think just the kids themselves. It's just an awesome group. Their personalities. Not every team clicks like that. It's one thing to be, you know, very good on the court volleyball and I've had teams that have been very good not this good but have been good enough and there's still there's something missing there's a click there's a uh, so there's a connection missing on the court and it's not for any malicious reasons or anything it's just you know there's we have 2,000 kids at our high school and some kids hang out with each other and some don't so but this group they were together all the time they just for whatever reason they just all clicked and they were friends off and on the court which was a huge huge factor for us this year because even if we did lose a set or we weren't playing well they had the confidence in themselves each other and their teammates that we would be fine and just team bonding can kind of be a thing that some teams can put too much emphasis on that where they kind of force it they try to force team bonding these kids just did it on their own because like I said they were just friends and they hung out all the time and they knew that they had each other's backs so I didn't even have to, to be honest I didn't have to do much for that they were just friends playing volleyball so what did you see as the team's biggest challenge this season? How did they overcome it? The biggest challenge for us, and it was probably my fault, just because the year before was kind of strange. So when we scheduled our games, there were some teams on our schedule who maybe weren't, they were kind of down this year, to try to be as respectful as I possibly can, but they were a little bit down. So our biggest challenge was always trying to make sure that we were looking at the bigger picture and the long-term goal. So even if we had four or five games in a row, maybe the competition wasn't the greatest. It was to make sure that we weren't developing bad habits in those games. So we wanted to make sure that when we did play the better schools and we got to states, that we were playing well. So I do think there were times throughout the season where we kind of slipped up a little bit with that. And it's it's only human nature to do that. Sometimes you play down to the competition. I totally get it. So I could have done a better job scheduling tougher opponents throughout the season. But ultimately, when you go 19-1 and and you win a States game, it's it's pretty tough to, to complain about how the season ended or how the season went, rather. But I will say that was that was a challenge throughout the year is just making sure that we were focused on the bigger picture. Yeah, and I'd love to talk about that more. How rewarding and fulfilling was that, that first States win in front of the home crowd? It was pretty cool. I, I can't lie. Um, we did win a States game the season prior, Kenny's senior year. We beat Haverhill, which is a very good volleyball school, at home. But again, there were restrictions, so we had a limited crowd that whole season. Students weren't allowed to go. It was family only. So even when we did win that States game, as much as the boys were excited, there was like maybe... 25, 30 people, just family members in the gym, which was awesome for them. It was a great experience for them, and I'm glad the seniors got to to do that. But just the faces on the boys this year after we won with, like, all their friends in the crowd and, like, school admin and teachers, there was there was a big following for the boys this year, which was, which was well-earned. But it was pretty cool to see how the school kind of rallied around us, which was awesome. So I will say the, the state's win at home had a little extra meaning this year. It was special. I'm going to throw it back here now. Why did you originally get into coaching, and how did you end up as the men's volleyball coach? So that's an excellent question. <laughs> I don't have a great answer. The previous athletic director before, Mr. Conifree, I was an assistant basketball coach. After one of our games, we were out getting food or whatever, and he was talking about how he needed a volleyball coach potentially, for the upcoming season. So this was going back like six, seven years ago now. And we were out and I had told him um, that I played volleyball in high school, that I didn't have, haven't necessarily coached volleyball before, but I played in high school and I still played with friends as much as I could. So I still was like involved in the game and knew the game. And if you need somebody, then just keep me in mind 
and then kind of took off from there. It was kind of said in jest a little bit, and then a week later, he he emailed me. I was at Salemwood at the time, so I was in the in the public school system, and I was like I said, I was coaching basketball. I had coached track the season before. They needed somebody to coach track, so I was coaching track at Malden High, and he needed somebody, and so I had told him. I played high school volleyball, and then the rest is kind of history. He emailed me and said if I was if I was still interested, and I said yes, of course. And then he interviewed me, and then kind of took off from there. How'd your coaching styles and tactics change over the years? I've definitely learned a lot more about the game, especially on the boy side. The boy side, it's a lot more. I'm trying to think of the right word. It's different. It is different than the girls' game, and not for any athletic or physical reasons, but it's just kind of a faster game um, at the boys' level. If you have less blocking or less hitting at the girls' level, you can still be a pretty competitive team if you play good defense. The boys, you have to be able to hit and block to compete at the highest level. So I will say emphasizing different things in practice between the two teams has been a little bit challenging for me, but as I've gotten more comfortable doing this with more experience, it's getting easier. And then I think just kind of managing personalities as I get a little bit older from the high school kids. When I first started, it was my first time coaching a full girls team in the fall. So that first fall year, and they were actually really good. It was the best girls team I ever had. But I think that's always a challenge too, is just balancing between the two. But it's also, I kind of, I really enjoy coaching both the girls and the boys because even though they are separate teams, the kids on each team similar to like just the boys team by themselves is they're all friends and they all hang out. So at the girls practices, all the boys are there and the, at the games, all the boys are there cheering them on and then vice versa at the boys practices, all the girls are there too. So that has helped a lot too, as I think maybe when I first started, we were kind of separated a little bit. And then I've learned throughout the years that the more and more stuff that we do together, it helps both programs. And uh, I think we've really taken off on both sides. How important is it putting them together and how useful is that considering they have different skills and strengths? It is. It's um, very important and it's been a huge asset to us. A lot of teams that we played in the girls season, they don't have boys teams. It's happening more and more now. So like I think next year is the first season that we're going to have seven GBL teams for boys, which is awesome. Like Medford started a program, Everett, Chelsea, Lynn Classical. So our advantage may be going away shortly because we've been able to have a boys and girls program since I've been here, which has been huge. But just getting the kids in the gym for those extra touches, whenever, even if it's just practice, just shagging balls, just serving for certain drills. And it's not every girl, not every boy. It's, you know, you have a select few that go to everything. But it's really been beneficial to have both, both programs kind of coexist together. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. I know the class that you were advising just recently graduated. Mm-hmm. What did that all mean to you? It was an interesting and very challenging, but also a very rewarding experience. It was something that I didn't really know what I was getting into when I signed up for it. I will fully admit that. And I was told I would have help along the way. And that <laughs> didn't necessarily happen. Um, but I was able to kind of see a side of Malden High and especially of the certain group of seniors that I was able to work closely with that maybe I wouldn't have been able to have that chance as a PE teacher and a, and a coach. And sometimes I kind of get stuck in sort of an athletic bubble um, where I'm just kind of with certain a certain subset of kids all day long. But being the class advisor allowed me the chance to kind of get to meet a lot more kids that maybe I wouldn't have. And I will say there were there were some tough times, um, again, especially kind of what we went through the last couple of years. It was a difficult time to be advisor anyways. But it was when they graduated, it actually kind of hit me like 
that was awesome. That was a really cool experience. And the kids that I got to be around, I don't, I won't even say advice because they advised me more than I did them, but just being around those kids all the time, it was, it was really rewarding for me. And I think it definitely helped me as a teacher and, and as a person as well. So it was, it was really cool. What were some of those unexpected challenges aside from COVID? Junior varieties is just a big challenge every year. Again, I'm bringing up COVID again, but we had we had to plan junior varieties, not knowing if it was going to have to be outside at McDonald's Stadium or if it was going to have to be streamed like online only or if we weren't going to be able to have guests. So that was a big thing. And then just overall, I guess your number one role as an advisor unofficially would be fundraising. You just have to fundraise, fundraise, fundraise. And so the last couple of years was a difficult time to fundraise just because a lot of times we were asking things from people that we weren't able to even see face-to-face. And so we were always trying to plan to have prom at an outside venue just because the kids, and I think rightfully so, they, they just wanted to end their high school careers just in a traditional way. Like, I know it's cliche to say normal too now, but back to normal. But they wanted to end just as a normal high school student and go to prom and graduation. Thankfully, we were lucky to do that. The class before us, they weren't. They had to have prom um, at the high school, which I think was actually also a really cool experience too. They had something. But our kids and our student council, they just were didn't want <laughs> didn't want to do that <laughs> um, against the wishes of I'm sure some of the school administration. <laughs> but to their credit, they put in the time and they fundraised nonstop for like two and a half years. And we made I think just enough. We maybe have like two dollars left over. But we had prom at uh, at Boston Park Plaza in May at the end of the school year and. From everything I've heard from admin and even the people at Boston Park Plaza um, and the kids themselves that went, they said it was just one of like a, a once in a lifetime experience. And so I'm really thankful that the kids were able to do that. Yeah. What was that week like for you seeing prom happen, seeing graduation happen, then having it all kind of finish in front of you? It's pretty crazy, to be honest. I mean, I graduated. I don't even want to tell you what year I graduated, <laughs> but I don't I don't remember a lot of it, I don't think. And that could be just because I have a terrible memory anyways. But to experience it again, to watch the kids go through it again was really cool. And it just happens, it goes by fast. Even you're not, it doesn't go by fast when you're in the, in the moment, day to day doing stuff. But when you sit back and you, you're going through prom and then senior barbecue and then graduation and then senior awards night and then, then that's it. And it just goes by super fast. But the kids were awesome, and they took everything in stride. And I think the last, like, three weeks they had at Malden High was, was pretty special for them. So it was good. So after all these years, what does Malden mean to you now? That's an excellent question. Everybody asked me if I went to Malden High, and I didn't. I went to Belchertown High School, which nobody knows where that is. That's okay. It's especially the kids. They have no idea. I said, it's in the same state. It's just an hour and a half away. <laughs> um, but I really feel... Uh, like Malden's kind of adopted me into their community now, which is, it's great. I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I will say when I belched down high school, the school I went to was not a very diverse community. Um, it was a very small town. And that's, and I went to UMass Amherst, which was a huge school and very diverse. And now I love being in Malden. Um, I live in Malden. I teach. I live a mile from the school. I won't give my address, even though I'm sure, I'm pretty sure a couple of kids know where I live, unfortunately. Um <laughs> But just being living here and teaching here, and and that's not for everybody. I totally, I totally get that. A lot of people teach in in different communities because 
every time I go to stop and shop, I see three kids that I had in class or, and some people don't necessarily want that and they want their privacy. And I, I obviously totally get that. But for me, I just enjoy it. And it's pretty cool. Every time I go for a walk around Malden, I see kids and say hi. And I just, I'm very happy. I think I'll be here for hopefully for a long time. But like, I think uh, Malden is, uh, I think, officially home for me now. Yeah, when you say they adopted you into their community, what does the community mean to you now? The community here is pretty special. Um, it starts with, obviously, Mayor Christensen all the way down, but just all the events that they try to put together for the people of Malden. And there's so many different groups of people in Malden, but there's an event or something for everybody, which is awesome. And then kind of that mix at Malden High, too. Um, I was at Salemwood for a couple of years and then got to see those kids grow up and then all those kids that I had at Salem are at Malden High now, which is kind of scary. That means just means I'm getting old. <laughs> but I just, I've been very impressed with just how kind of Malden tries to have programs and opportunities for, for everybody, um, which is really cool, especially considering kind of like where I grew up. It's just very different. So we're coming to the end of our time here. Is there anything I haven't talked about that you'd like to touch upon? Your chance to talk about anything, honestly. And I'm glad you talked to Kingston. It's been a very fun year, and I talk to Mr. Connery about it all the time. We're going to miss this group of boys. Every year you have, you're very hopeful. It's a new group and you just hope to get lucky every couple of years. You have a team that's just kind of everything just clicks. Yeah. And this was the team. This yeah. was the year. So as much as I enjoyed previous years, we, like I said, we've been successful and with other teams, this was just kind of the team that kind of just took us over the top. And I still think we're going to be very good going forward. We have a lot of young kids in the program who are going to get better and better, but the bar has been set like super high now. So looking back, you know, hopefully five, 10 years, I'm still coaching volleyball. I'm sure I will be talking about this team still as much as I can just because they're, they're, uh, they've been an unbelievable group. Thank you so much for taking the time today, Dan. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you.